What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get to the show, a quick but I think compelling pitch. Do you know about our secret menu? It's a subscription tier of a thing or two, and it's where we share our shopping guides, answer reader questions, go deep on the trends we're seeing in food, fashion, and design, and just generally get into topics that excite us. Secret Menu subscribers receive an exclusive newsletter every Thursday and also get access to all of our back issues and special resources like our baby registry guide and wedding registry guide. It's four bucks a month and you can cancel anytime. Sign up at a thing or two HQ.com to receive it as well as our endless gratitude for supporting what we do. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from want to support us in general, head to a thing or two HQ.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. How's it going? You know, it's going pretty well. It's oh, going good. pretty well. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. You know, I took an allergy medicine before mm. we got on and it's which made one? It, well, the only the only one our local grocer had, Claire, which was a Benadryl. Did you like pair it with a coffee so you wouldn't feel drowsy? I was actually a little nervous because when I was little, I, I haven't taken Benadryl in a really long time mm-hmm. because when I was little, I would get like the Benadryl like high, high the like really excitable oh, thing, interesting. which I read the back of the package today to be like, is this like, and it's like, mm-hmm. it may make you excitable, yes. especially children. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm. so I was more nervous actually okay. about going about the going direction. too high. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you seem yeah. okay. I seem fine. I've been talking yeah. to you for a bit. You seem, yeah. you seem stable. You know, I feel like I need to drink more water. I'm feeling a little like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll but, do that. You know. Okay. Yeah. But here I am. Hang with you. Oh, thank you for hanging with me. I have had an interesting week because it's Cam's last week of school and it's bringing back a lot of my own PTSD from, I hated the last week of school. I was always sad that like school was ending. But also in addition to that, I do hold the esteemed position of class parent at the grasshopper. In the grasshoppers. Would you say it's esteemed? Everybody like sent an email thanking me. Um, Oh, yesterday. Well, no, it was just like in response to something else. Everybody's like, you know, wrapping up end of school year stuff. And I can't decide what to write back because I just really want to write back like you're all so welcome and I'm never doing this again. Um, I think that might be perfect. I think that is what I'm going to write back. But yes, it's esteemed. And we had graduation ceremony on Monday and it was it was like first thing in the morning. And so I wanted to bring flowers on behalf of the class for the teachers. And when I tell you that I stressed about how to have 
flowers ready at 9 a.m. or like really 8.30 a.m. on a Monday morning and like keep them fresh, I was like, I'm going to have to get to the flower shop right before they close on Sunday night. And then I'm going to have to cut them. And then I'm going to have to put them in the fridge. So I put them in the fridge and the flowers looked really fresh the next morning, but the paper was all crumpled because our fridge is not big enough, obviously, for two bouquets of of flowers. Of Of course. So I had this win that I was just felt revel felt like a revelation to me. I because the paper was all crumpled on the bouquets, I took wrapping paper and I wrapped that around the paper that was already existing and I taped it with washi tape, put some string around the bottom and it looked so fresh and cute and like I'd done something extra to these flowers and I was like I'm always going to wrap wrapping paper around bouquets. And then on. you did like two days later. Yeah, I did it. I birthday. had another opportunity. This is your like new, this is your new trick. I love it. Do you know what it felt like? It felt like when you have people over and you order pizza, but then you're like, I'm going to make a dip or like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make cookies or something. Cause you're like, see, I tried. I did something a little bit homemade. It felt like I, yes, I just picked up flowers for you at the local florist, but I wrapped this wrapping paper around it and it looks a little festive now. Claire, I know exactly how you feel because it brings us to our next topic, which is that I hosted a brunch cookout. Yeah. So one of Thomas's college friends got married in New York and we decided to have like a thing on the roof of our building to, for like just that crew, like those friends. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being about 15 people. And so I was like, how, like, I haven't done 15 people maybe, certainly not in years, right? Yeah. I was very curious about how you did this because you also had all the wedding festivities to do in the same time. So there was like, you know, a Friday night thing, a Saturday night Mm -hmm. thing, and people came over at 11 on Sunday. And I was like, okay, this means I have to like have my shit pretty together. Mm -hmm. Like by the time I go to this wedding on Saturday. You had to have a run of show. There was a run of show. Exactly. There Mm -hmm. had to be a run of show. So I had to come up with like, what is my plan? And I did realize in like putting all this together that there were also a lot of dietary restrictions involved. Mm, Always. I'm a contributing member to the dietary Mm -hmm. restriction club for sure. And, you know, so I get it. So, but it was like gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free and vegan, paleo, nut-free. Do you remember those things when we were in grade school? Did you have these where it was a grid and there was a story and you had, and the story had kind of a riddle and you had to X out the possibilities. Uh-huh. It was like who like did what. logic problems. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, That's totally. what it's like. Mm-hmm. It's totally, it's a logic problem. And I do enjoy a logic problem. Shocking no one. So here's what I did. Okay. I outsourced something. Okay. I outsourced donuts. Great idea. And so I placed an order for donuts a few days before this wonderful like Brooklyn-based or New York-based, New York City-based company, Donut Plant, delivers like kind like a lot of places. I've been hmm. very impressed. I have been sending donuts people for birthday presents. Mm. At, I was like, on the receiving end of some birthday yes. donuts. I think you, yeah, you might have even been the first recipient, Claire. And it went so well that you kept it up. Exactly. But you can place it a few days before. You get them delivered at like, you know, 8.39 in the morning. Mm-hmm. They like show up before people have had other birthday celebrations like yes. going. So they do such a good job. They have gluten-free Marcona almond donuts that are mm-hmm. outrageously good. They also have these vegan sour donuts. So there were, you know, I was checking some boxes there. But obviously like Dunkin's great for this too or any, you know, local mm-hmm. donut shop. And we also got a box of Joe from Dunkin' Donuts because mm-hmm. that was that right. thing. Not we making coffee is a nice, nice thing to, to take off your plate. So nice. So we did that a few days before. And a few days before, Thomas also got some sausages because we wanted to have something that was like, you know, like grilling, like a cookout-y mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. So we got some sausages that were great. And 
we put a friend on that project. Ooh, that's um, huge. Somebody does always like, to, I, I would, if I knew anything about grilling, I'd want to be the grill friend. Yeah. So it's like, and it, you know, there were enough bros around that there was like, mm-hmm. that, and there was someone that we knew grilled well. And it was like, and he's the good friend that you can be like, I'm putting you in charge of mm-hmm. this. You're going to take it seriously. You're not going to forget about it. And Great. that's nice to have. But you could also do bacon. There's mm-hmm. something I learned from Johnsonville because I went to Bratfest in Madison a few weeks ago, oh, not to brag. Called a sausage strip, which mm-hmm. is sausage that looks like bacon. So you can do that. Like, you know, you can involve a baking sheet or what have mm-hmm. you, some foil, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And then I wanted to make something that could be, you know, prepped before people came over. So I made two frittatas. Mm-hmm. I made your frittata, which is the, like mustard asparagus one from Cookie. And I guess it's it Cookie and Kate's frittata yeah, I was gonna as say, well. But it's, thank you for giving it to me. I'm sure yeah. Cookie and Kate is totally fine with it being owned by I'm me. I'm certain. Yeah. I'm certain. And I made that one the day before and mm-hmm. refrigerated it. And then Julia Tertian in her Now and Again cookbook has this recipe for a sheet pan frittata with roasted mushrooms and ricotta that is like, it is her like brunch entertaining, having mm-hmm. people over, it doesn't take that much work or time idea. And it was excellent. Basically what you do is you roast a mix of mushrooms, like a pound and a half of them or whatever for 30 minutes at 425. And then you pour whisked eggs. I think it was like 16 eggs mm. over. Okay. And then a dollop, you know, you just dollop ricotta on top. And I think I added some like paprika and Aleppo pepper and, you know, whatever Mm. for a little bit of color. And you cook it for another 15 minutes. And then I just cut it with like kitchen, you know, shears. Do you serve it mushroom side up or cheese side up? The mushrooms already pop through. Oh, they pop through. Because it's like so Mm, thin. I see. I see. This sounds so good and so easy. I'm not a big mushroom person, but I like them in the context of a frittata. I'm I'm definitely going to do this. It sounds so good. And I think you could really do it with all kinds of other things too. Because it's really just like what vegetables what are you do you want to roast and then throw the egg on top? It sounds great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that so that's the one it. you did the I mean, day that of? Was, that's the one I did day of, morning of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a very successful recipe for a brunch, a big brunch. It was, it was great. And I also just loved that you know, we had some like orange juice and, and Prosecco for mimosas or mm-hmm. whatever, but it didn't feel like we needed like a case of beer or like any of that. Like it was mm. just like nice to keep that stuff very simple. And yeah. Brunch and entertaining is is a lot less low pressure in that way. It's nice. Yeah. A lot less pressure. Yeah. A lot less pressure. Yeah. Thank you so much to Best Fiends for sponsoring today's episode. Um, lately when I've just, you know, I'll like fall down a rabbit hole, right? I'll like click through a link on Twitter or like be a thread that's like one out of 27 and just mm-hmm. like get really deep in there and start mm-hmm. reading the responses and start spiraling about something and be, you know, like follow all the trains of thought, right? Oh yeah. And then I'll have to remind myself to just like turn it off um, <laughs> yeah. and force yourself out of there yeah. and like find a distraction. Mm-hmm. Like truly, like what is the flip I can switch in my brain to mm-hmm. turn this thing off because I cannot yeah. be spiraling about whatever I'm reading, mm-hmm. whatever I'm consuming in the news 24 hours a day. Listen, at least it's like something like probably useful and related to politics and not just being like, okay, so this wedding that this friend of a friend went to, how did the couple meet? And what does the guy do for a living? Because sometimes I'm there. No, listen, in either case, sometimes you just got to get out. You just got to get out. And a game can be the answer to this. Best Fiends could be the game for you. 
Yes. Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. There are dozens of unique fiends to collect so you can customize your team of fiends to defeat menacing slugs. Power up your favorite fiends to new levels for even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger. With offline play, you'll never be stranded without fun, even if you lose your internet connection. Brand new events and challenges pop up all year round, so you've always got a chance to earn exclusive in-game items, characters, and rewards. You've earned your fun time. Go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Hi, I'm Bethany. And I'm Anthony Garcia. And this is the Garcia Diaries Unfiltered. In this day and age of filters and heavy editing, we believe in sharing the real and raw parts of marriage, parenthood, and real freaking life that often get filtered over. Every week, we share next level, real life confessions from our audience. You'll either feel seen, highly entertained, or maybe even both. Come hang with us and catch a new episode every Friday. Make sure to follow so you don't miss a single confession. You also had some intel to share around Jellycat which is a long-running passion of yours. Oh, my gosh. So in a newsletter recently, mm-hmm. we linked to Sheldon the Shrimp, mm-hmm. who is an outrageously charming shrimp stuffed animal. And he features that like kind of corduroy-y pattern that, that mm-hmm. Jelly Cat like has started using a mm-hmm. lot of that works really well in a lot of I animals. I just like the presumed sense of familiarity with the Jelly Cat line, which a lot of our listeners will have. I just I'm, feel like, like if you've ever shopped no. for a child anywhere ever, <laughs> you you know what I'm talking no, about. No, Jelly Cat, hugely successful brand should actually be referenced as like a paragon of good brand more often than it is. Well, this is the thing. It's like, I did some like digging into this mm-hmm. and, you know, but like the thing, the, the, so if you don't, if you're like mm-hmm. having trouble calling this to mind, try to think of that bunny, that like stuffed bunny that's everywhere. It's called Bashful Bunny. That's their like top seller. Mm-hmm. But they've been around since 1999. They were founded in London by two brothers and they were like, their early retail shops were like all design stores. Mm-hmm. It was like Selfridges, the Conran shop, Colette in Paris. Like they definitely, I feel like that's yeah. like, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where we, their, that's, that's we know. That's their origin that's story, yeah. A, like, newsletter reader Amanda DM'd us and told us that she, like, was extremely charmed, basically, mm-hmm. when she saw Sheldon, also charming, in that newsletter. And she said, I shouted when I opened this week's newsletter because my 38-year-old self and 41-year-old husband have Sheldon as he is a full-blown character in our lives. We've become so unhinged that we made a private Instagram account with photos of him in various places, and it turns out there is a thriving Instagram jellycat Sheldon subculture that I was flabbergasted by. Not quite ready to go that deep, but solidarity and delight in his whimsy. If you search Hashtag Sheldon Shrimp. Uh-huh. You will be surprised by how wow, much content wait, there is. I'm going to do it. Please. I, I was surprised, period, by how charmed I was by Sheldon when I clicked through when you put that in the newsletter. Because I like I like all this stuff too, but not in the way that you do. I'm not as dedicated of a fan as you are, but it's a really cute, cute stuffed animal. Well, like, and that's the thing. I mean, I think you, at this point, we all have a sense of what we think Jelly Cat is going to give us. Yes. You know? Yes, like, totally. And this exceeds expectations. I <laughs> he's there is a lot in hashtag Sheldon Shrimp. Wow, he's wow, often people. featured alongside Herman Hermit and Crispin mm. Crab because there's like a whole sea creature uh, line that is presumably doing quite well. Um, 
I love this. I have a related, tangentially related story to share in part that brings to mind because you obviously gifted Cam a massive jelly cat bashful bunny when he was mm-hmm. born. That's a big character in our lives. And this morning when I was saying goodbye to Cam, I was like, I called him a love bug. And he goes, I'm not a love bug. I'm a love bunny. And I was like, oh, I was like, you mean like Ash and Miffy? And he goes, yeah. And all of Erica's other bunnies too. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> this like, is how I want to be known. I know. I thought you'd feel really proud of it. And, I, <laughs> and all of Erica's other bunnies. Too. And I go, what yes. other bunnies? And he goes, well, the really big one, because I think he thinks of he the know, one that yeah, he has yeah. is yours. And then he goes, it's and then a, yeah. and the shiny gold one, because you have that one on your. Oh, I do. Uh, <laughs> I have a small a ring stand from my pet. From Which page. I had yeah. took me a minute. I was like the gold. And I was like, oh, no, he's right. She does have that He's shiny done like a bunny one. tour of, the, of my home. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a thrill. Yeah, it was a major moment in in personal branding for Um, you. I absolutely love this. Can we talk about something else cam-related for a minute? Yes. You know, mostly the things I'd like to talk about on this episode are are what I would call things I've done that I'm really proud of that I'd like to spread around and get other people (laughs) to adopt. So one— Wrap Same. your flower, bu- double wrap your flower bouquets in <laughs> wrapping paper. That's one. Can we get that going? Can that be a thing? Can that be my legacy? Can my other legacy be, I think, repositioning our understanding of what a diaper bag is? Yes. Because I have yes. two major problems with diaper bags. And one is that they're all ugly. And that just a is great, a, a great fact. problem. A yeah. problem. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is that they're the wrong shape to fit in the bottom of a stroller. And this drives me insane because the bottom of a stroller is like a, big rectangle, some bigger than others, but it's all just like, it's a flat space and you got to shove things in and out. And so you're always wrestling things in and out of it. God forbid something doesn't have a zipper or it's not zipped. Your stuff's flying everywhere, but you're always like shoving it in there. There is nothing seamless or easy about it. And also I will say part of the problem too is that they're all so much bigger than they need to be because there's room for like three bottles and 16 diapers. And sorry, but who's carrying that many? 16 diapers is a lot to carry. Yeah. You know what? This is making me think that it's like, this is the problem of like that hot dogs and buns are not sold in the same quantities. You know what I yes. mean? Like yes. th- we need to be coordinating mm-hmm. the bottom of the stroller and the diaper bag should be sized exactly the same. You are exactly right. In fact, Kalugo, call me, let's design a diaper bag that fits perfectly under your stroller. So what I, I feel like I had a little bit of resistance to diaper bag culture period in the same way I did with maternity clothes where I was like, I don't need new clothes. I'm just going to buy bigger of the same clothes. And I did something similar with the diaper bag where I was like, I have so many tote bags. I don't need a real diaper bag. But I never really got it right. And finally, I realized that the big issue was the shape and that I needed something flat that zipped that you could like slide in and out easily of the compartment Mm -hmm. underneath the stroller that it was zipped so it wouldn't like constantly have stuff falling out. So like basically like a really big zip pouch. Yeah. And I was like, I know that this must exist. And then what I can do, like, I don't want to be carrying the zip pouch around by itself, but then you can throw it in whatever tote you want, which is also another pain point for me where there was no diaper bag that I felt the design was versatile enough to always go with like my look to always be like having it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And to like always want to carry it. And also just like sometimes the size, sometimes I did want something really big and sometimes I just wanted something light that I could carry around. So I was like, okay, if I can get this big, bright sized pouch, then I can put it in a tote that is like the size and look that I am going for that day. And friends, I found the perfect one. It is from Longchamp. It is their pliage briefcase. I got it in brown. It is $96. It is nylon. It perfectly fits an iPad, a travel potty, like all the other junk you need. 
It's flat, it's rectangular, and it just slides right in and out of the bottom of the stroller. And I'm sure there are other versions of this that that aren't the Longchamp version. This one works perfectly. It's also funny to me that it's a briefcase. I never actually carry it as a briefcase, but it would be like a great briefcase. But it would also work as a briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. Versatile. Versatile. I like typically just throw it under the, the stroller and then I put, hang a tote from stroller hooks. And then like, if I'm, you know, putting the stroller away, I can just throw it into the tote. Or I will just like, if I'm not with the stroller, I'll just throw it into any tote. And I just, I feel like three and a half years in, I finally figured this out and it took me way too long, but I'm here now. I love this. And you can fold it up. You can fold it up. So part of the Longchamp pliage line, which if it's not immediately coming to mind, take yourself back to 2004 when lots of women were carrying this big nylon bag with leather straps that weren't quite like brown long leather. enough. Yeah, brown yeah. leather straps that should have been a little longer than they were in order for it to be a shoulder strap. And then it's got a big <laughs> leather flap. It's the same era as Air Chapelier bags. And I, there is a good Air Chapelier comp to this, but the Longchamp version was just like a little better suited. And so they have a whole line of these like in every different size, but then they also make a briefcase version of it. And that's the one that I got. And I, I've just been so happy with it. It's just the perfect thing. And I think you all should try it if you are in need of a diaper bag situation. In my mind, this feels very related to what I'd like to talk about next, mm. which is canned cherry tomatoes. Mm. I see the parallels immediately. So canned cherry tomatoes, I have been buying a lot of recently, specifically the Muti ones. Mm-hmm. They come in 14 ounce cans. They just seem like the ideal, like, form factor Mm -hmm. or, you know, as they Mm -hmm. say. The tomatoes themselves hold their structure so much better. Mm -hmm. They, like, they come out of the can, they look like tomatoes. You know what I mean? You're not like, oh, this is, like, mush Mm -hmm. that contains tomatoes. Because even whole tomatoes, and I don't know, it's just, like, a different thing. They don't, like, when you you squash them, they don't squirt into your face, Mm -hmm. which is a really nice thing. And the 14-ounce can is a joy. Because, like, yes, there are uses for the 28-ounce can, but not everything requires 28 ounces. Yeah. No, there's very, I have like a small amount of tomato sauce in my fridge right now because of this issue. Because of this issue. So they are especially great for what has become a go-to, my go-to like summer tomato sauce, Mm. which is Allison Roman spaghetti with tomatoes and anchovy butter. When tomatoes are fresh, I make it with fresh tomatoes, but when they're not, I use these. And they like, it's like one of these like quick, like, you know, 20 minute, like Mm -hmm. 30 minute sauces. She says to cook it for eight to 10 minutes, which in my mind is just like not enough for anything to actually happen because I I want it to be more of a sauce than like Mm -hmm. a glaze. I don't know. Or like, yeah. So I cook it for like 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. but you get the anchovies, you get like this. They just, these also just like taste like fresher and brighter than a whole tomato does. I, yeah. I don't even need to be sold. I'm like, I get it. That makes total. I I only ever buy really cherry tomatoes when I'm buying yeah. fresh tomatoes. Yeah. I, so are you finding these at the local grocer? Our local grocer has them. And you can also like order a case of them online if Love that's that. your thing. Yeah. You know what I've been doing lately with tomato sauce when I just make like a standard tomato sauce? I get the immersion blender out and it really makes a difference. Like with if you're cooking with fresh tomatoes to get the the skins just the skins, all in yeah, there yeah, yeah, and just yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. in general. I don't know why I never did it before, but I think it makes a very big difference. You know, I love an immersion blender and I know you, in I any felt situation. Like you. I don't yeah. use it nearly as much as you do, but I was like, I'm, you know, I see the appeal. Yeah, I really do. Something that I felt like I needed a platform to talk about. Please. It's this incredible Mo Willems interview. It was published a while ago and I, you and I resurfaced it recently for a project we were working on. It was published in November of 2020. And I was like, wow, why am I not like thinking about and revisiting this article more often? Mo Willems is a very prolific and I would say like successful, well-known children's book author. He 
wrote, he has this Elephant and Piggy series. He wrote the Nuffle Bunny books. He wrote Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. I know all of these as someone <laughs> who does not read children's books. But you do engage with the children's book community. But or, That's true. Or, and, and one and, has the word bunny in it. So what can you do? True, true. He was interviewed for the New York Times Magazine by this guy, David Marchese, who's a really good interviewer. And I knew a little bit about Mo Willems in part because some of his Nuffle Bunny books are like very loosely autobiographical, but I just didn't really know who he was. Part of why he had had a bit of a resurgence in the pandemic was because he, similar to Wendy McNaughton, who I've talked about, had started doing these drawing classes on Instagram Live at like a particular time that were like truly a lifeline for a lot of kids and parents who just needed needed something. An outlet. Um, yeah, and, exactly. And a babysitter, both. Yeah. So I, there are so many golden quotes in this interview. And I just came away from it being like, Mo Willems is a really special, important genius of his time. I also like don't want to be friends with him. I don't like him necessarily. Like he seems kind of mean and grumpy. <laughs> and I think he wants to seem that way. He's like a bit of a misanthrope. Like I one love of it. one of the lines that he says, in fact, I hate that I didn't write down. The interviewer says, when I was first putting together my questions for you, I realized that a lot of them had to do with things like how can we help kids with the ambient stress of parents worrying about the pandemic or politics? But maybe it's wrong for me to assume that a successful children's book author has unique ideas about kids' emotions. So let me ask you, do you think you should have special insights about kids? And he says... First, he has this really good insight. And he says, probably the most fundamental insight is that even a good childhood is difficult. You're powerless. The furniture is not made to your size. But when parents come up and to me and ask, how do you talk to your kid about the pandemic? They're asking me to be disloyal. They're actually asking about a form of control. Hey, you have this relationship with kids. Help me control them. Fuck you. I'm not on your side. I wish there was a better way to say it. The real answer is show that you don't know. Show them that you're fumbling. Why wouldn't you? How do you expect your child to fall and then stand up and say, that's okay, when you won't even say, I don't know how to discuss the pandemic with you? Are children not allowed to be upset? Does that inconvenience you? You want to protect and prepare them. But I'm not saying it's easy. The rest of the... <laughs> I mean, this man. Yeah. There, the rest of the interview proceeds in like a very similar tone, but like, it's just like all of the, he's just so right about all of this. He's just kind of mean. <laughs> so another question. There's this idea, which is probably a fantasy that the children's books we love, like Corduroy or Dr. Seuss, have a net positive moral effect on the world. What do you think? And Mo Willem says, that line of thinking is a cop-out. That's the same thing as saying children are our future. Screw the future. We are the present. It's our job to be better human beings. I'm going to give my kids something good to read and maybe later they'll solve the world's problems, but excuse me while I get back on my phone. That is frankly offensive. If you want your kid to be a better human, the way to do it is to be a better human. He's tremendous. Yes. yes. Absolutely yes. tremendous. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Erica, you and I were just talking about... Uh, because we hadn't seen each other in a couple of weeks, which was such a rarity, how we both have been processing the absolute um, horror show. The Mayhem the of this country. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this country of this world, but especially of this country over the last couple of weeks. And you and I were both on trips while all of the SCOTUS decisions were coming down. And I was having such a hard time sort of like processing, processing it in general, but also parsing out how it was impacting my mental state in the day to day. Cause I know like the second I saw the, the New York times push alert on my phone about the abortion decision, I started crying. I knew that it was impacting me. Right. But for the days and weeks that followed, I was like, I know that this is in the back of my head, even though I'm distracted, like engaging with family stuff and, and engaging with travel and all of that. But it can be really hard to figure out like the ways in which it is impacting you and, and the 
different parts of your life that it's infiltrating. And I do feel like therapy is one of those things where it gives you a chance to sit down and be like, oh, maybe when I had X reaction to something that felt totally unrelated, it was actually about Y. And I now it is truly now more than ever. I need this moment. Yeah. Well, it's just like creating that forum even Mm -hmm. to to try to like parse out what is happening and how, yeah, how you're responding to things. And, you know, BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. That's betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. I saw my um, my hairstylist the other day for a haircut and he was like, you cannot do anything else to your hair. And I hadn't even done that much. I just got highlights for the first time in a million years. But I think between that and like the summer and the heat and the sun and everything, he was just like, you're struggling. And I was like, right. I have also fallen off my Nutrafol habit. I just, you know, forgot. I forget sometimes. And I was so happy to be like, right. I have that in my cabinet. I'm going to get back on to this routine and just strengthen my hair. Because I have to say, it is really good if you're losing hair and during postpartum hair loss, it was such a godsend for me, but it is also, it just makes your hair healthier and stronger. And I'm like, right. That's another reason I need to just like make this a habit to be taking this stuff. Maintenance, maintenance, Mm -hmm. maintenance. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician formulated using natural drug-free medical grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages. So you get this most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code a thing or two to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code a thing or two. All right, I have two more quotes to share from this. One that I think about all the time now that since we discussed it. Embarrassment is a learned disease. It can be cured. It's about willingness to fail. We prescribe so much and say things like, creativity opens you up to brand new worlds. It doesn't open anything up to brand new worlds. You don't know what it opens you up to. It's not a line from A to B. It's a line from A to strawberry pizza. There's no way you're going to sit down and say, I'm going to be creative and come up with an angry pigeon. I just obviously love the idea of embarrassment as a learned disease so much because kids are not embarrassed. Well, and it really, like, Claire, you know, the conversations we've had on this podcast about perfectionism, about creativity, like, Mm -hmm. a lot, like, he gets at a lot of that right there very quickly and in such compelling ways. Truly, truly. I think about it all the time, especially watching Cam, where just, like, he's not embarrassed. Sometimes, honestly, the ways in which I've seen embarrassment most pronounced in him is when he's embarrassed of me. Like, never embarrassed of himself. He's embarrassed of me. And then this final thing, Mo Willems has a transgender son and talks a bit about him. And he says, 
One of the great things about queer kids in this culture is that they have to have done the work. They have to do the questioning and say, who am I? What am I? Where am I in society? And this one I really love. What risks am I willing to take or not take to be authentic? There are cis and straight people who do that as well, but it's not an obligation, which I was just like, I hadn't quite thought about it in that context before, which is like true of all queer people, but especially true of queer kids in, in a way yes. that I was like, oh, that's really profound and interesting. It's such a good interview. I really encourage Please read the whole read thing. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah it's, please. It, it was one of those things that was just like really hit me. And I was like, and you know, when I first read it, Cam was like one, a one-year-old. And then I read it again recently with you and I took had totally different things that I took away from it. And not just about parenting at all, but it's it's really just like a, a great piece of, of interviewing. One last thing we want to talk about, mm-hmm. which is something we've gotten questions about recently mm-hmm. and just like, and bo- certainly a challenge for both of us, mm-hmm. what to wear when it's hot out. I do just feel like this stumps people in a way that other seasonal dressing does not. Like, I just feel like I've had multiple conversations about it. I've seen multiple blog posts about it of like, what do I wear in the heat? Which makes sense, frankly, because like heat and clothes don't really mix. And so you feel really limited in what you can do. Well, and people just do feel like a lot of judgment around their bodies and stuff in that situation too, which is like really fucked. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that I used to worry for like so long and about short season because my legs would be too pale. Like my first memories of it are like probably, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade all the way until like, you know, my twenties and just like that. What? Why? Who cares? Who cares? Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Speaking of shorts, mm-hmm. I think this might be the summer that I lean into shorts. Mm. Like, I don't really know why I hated shorts all through high school and college. They just like were not my thing. And I think maybe I don't know. I think it was maybe just like a late 90s, early aughts, like shorts were such a thing. And it was a rejection of that. I don't know. Were they such a thing? I'm like, I feel like we wore skirts all in college, right? Like that's maybe in college, not as yeah. much, but like the Abercrombie, oh, yes. style, American yes. Eagle, high like school, yes, totally. short, like totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. That yeah. whole thing. I didn't really know that about you, I don't think. Although, you know, come to, I know that you, I've seen you in a jean short, but not a ton of others. And I have to say that like recently, I feel like every summer I buy a non-jean short and then never wear it and have finally like, was like, right, I only wear jean shorts. I'm going to only buy jean shorts with some exceptions. I got a pair of knit shorts from Cordell last year that I was pretty happy with. In fact, I'm wearing them now. And Ah. then this year I got this pleated linen pair from Alex Mill. And when they first came, I was like, right. This is why I don't buy non-jean shorts because I don't like how they look on me. Like they sit high and I don't know what shirt to wear them with. And then they kind of like puff out. And then I did something. I exchanged them for a size larger than I normally wear. And I was so much happier with them. And I was like, I don't know if it's like, if this is specifically because they're pleated or what, but they like sit lower. And so I'm just going to get them hemmed because they're longer than I'd like. And I don't love myself in a particularly long short. But I was like, yeah. maybe this is what I've been doing wrong this entire time. Is not by, is like, I need my shorts to be like sit lower. That's interesting. That's interesting. So I just bought a pair of jean shorts mm-hmm. for the first time in like truly a decade. And the cut of them is just like the perfect cut for me. And I, and I think it like is a, is like, I think the style is pretty popular in general. It's that a gold Parker long vintage shorts. They're not long. They're just longer than you think a cutoff is going to be. Yeah. And they're a little like the leg is like a little wider than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So 
it's not tight. It's not writing up. It's not like doing the things mm-hmm. that this like kind of short does. And it's like mid-rise, you know? Yeah. It's not like over my belly button, but it's not low slung either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like I'm wearing it right now and it's like comfortable to be in I want to see. Can you stand up? Yeah. Can I see? can attempt to stand up. I don't really know how. I might need you to stand on your bed. Mm, interesting. <laughs> oh, this I is good. get to see. <laughs> They're great. Wait, I'm going to. Yeah. I Great. Perfect. This I'll is definitely st- a picture <laughs> I want on the internet later. <laughs> well, good thing my I'm having trouble screenshotting it. Hold on. Wow. <laughs> this is the first time I've stood on my chair during a podcast recording. It looks great. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. I approve. I love them. I see why you love them. So, And I'm not injured. Yeah. Congrats to all of us. Truly. I have been really into the rivet short from Rae, I don't know how to pronounce it. Rae, Rae. It's the matches house line. I own it in a couple different colors. It's lower slung than yours. Like it sits lower or the sizing on it is very weird. So I guess it can sit wherever you want, but I wear it like sort of low, but it similarly is longer and wider than I used to wear a jean short. And I think that has made a big difference. So I don't know, like maybe the key for me to getting back to like getting into shorts is just buying them sort of bigger. I don't know, but I am excited for your summer of shorts. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think it will detract from my summer of dresses, which is the like one constant in my in my life. Because I just like, it takes a lot for me to wear a dress in the winter anymore because as we've discussed, tights and mm-hmm. shoes and boots and like that whole thing. But in the summer, nothing feels easier to me. Oh my gosh. It's, it's kind of the only answer. And I do feel like, I feel like maybe I'm just making this about me, but in the summer, every woman is just looking for the perfect summer dress. And when you see if there is a woman at a party, at a gathering, stranger on the street wearing the perfect summer dress is just like guaranteed that some other woman is going to come up and be like, where did you get that thing? Because it's the, it is the holy grail that everyone is searching for. And it's like just so desperate for the perfect, easy summer dress. And I had one of these. I've had two Mm. in my life. I had one from like 2007 to 2010. I bought it on Guilt Group. You may recall it was knit. It was navy. It had buttons down the front. It was a tank dress. And then it had a little tie in the middle. Of course I did. I wore that thing until it had so many holes in it because it was just the easy dress. And then I spent like every summer after searching for not that style, but the thing, the dress the that answer could be to that question. to me. Yeah. And then you will, of course, recall, because I would wear it multiple times a week, this a piece apart slip dress. It was a Josephina slip dress, which they have recut since, but never in the same like crinkly cotton fabric that was perfect. And I was just like, I would give myself an allowance. I would be like, you can wear this three days this week, but that is it. <laughs> I just feel like I spend a good four months out of the year just hunting, 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 buying and returning for that holy grail summer dress. The hunting, Claire, the yeah. hunting. I have told you that I was on a lookout for a beach dress and mm-hmm. like possibly one other summer dress. And you would not believe all the reasons I have found to reject the things that you've well, offered but me. But I, I get it. I really yeah. do get it. It's it's a hard thing. I'm, I I don't question why you reject them because I it's a very you specific understand. thing. Yeah. You understand. You understand. So a couple of things that I have been eyeing. Mm-hmm. Meal. Is it meal or meal? Mm. Meal. Meal. So this Minneapolis line meal, M-I-L-L-E, has a lot of great summer dresses. And they're sort of like the pared down take on the like very roughly puff sleeve, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. thing that is happening everywhere right now. They have ones that feel like, you know, loose and a lot of options and could like go to a barbecue and go to the beach and, and, and. So that's what I want. I want the thing I can put on on a Saturday just and can just as easily wear to dinner on like a Friday night. 
Yes, um, it, yes, it yes, has yes. to be dynamic in that way. The other line that has a very similar vibe is mirth caftans, which Correct. we love. Yes, um, yes. I've also been eyeing the Sunspell t-shirt dresses mm. because the cut feels very good. Interesting. Like it's a, like it's, a, I guess it's a cap sleeve and sort of a high neck. Um, mm-hmm. But okay. yeah, it just feels cool. A cap sleeve looks terrible on me and everything is cap sleeve this summer. And I tried on something cap sleeve at, at, a, at a, some store and the woman was like, it looks so cute on you. And I was like, I don't do a cap sleeve. And she was like, I'm sorry, everything's cap sleeve right now. And a lot of women feel the way you do. And I was I was like, okay, so it's not just me that it's not feels like you. everything is cap sleeve right now. The thing that I feel like might be more, that's like more you than me and mm-hmm. cut for sure that I like mm-hmm. keep cuts really like circling, circling is the organic by John Patrick slip dresses, mm-hmm. which are made mm-hmm. of cupro, so not silk, but they like have that look. For me, I'm like, that's maybe the thing I want to like put on at home and like yes. not necessarily sleep in, but like lounge around in. You can wash it in, you know, in a regular washing machine, which huge. like huge. And a few years ago, Thomas and I stayed at this really cute little hotel in Terralingua, Texas, which is at Big Bend basically called Willow House. And the owner there was wearing these dresses and said that they're her uniform because there's no dry cleaning, mm. you know, when you live mm-hmm. in a national park, it's a different yep. sort of vibe, but they just really are like so chic and simple looking and mm-hmm. you could wear them with like Birkenstocks, but then also you could like put them on with a strappy sandal or whatever. I love that. The line cool, K-U-L-E, makes very cute tank dresses, especially the polo one. Mm. I like weirdly like a polo. Yeah, you do. I don't do. know why. You know who? It's like the version of preppy that I can like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll I'll dig it up. But you know who else made a really cute version of this that I don't know if it has a polo, but um, Falka, you know, who makes the socks, F-A-L-K-E, oh, yeah. made a really cute little like tennis dress like this. I'll send it to you. Please. Yeah. My only complaint about cool, which is like such a cute, cute, cute line is that they need more black. Yeah. They're very committed to like navy and blue or navy and white. And, you know, I just, I am not a navy and white person. Gosh, these dresses are cute. Right? Yeah. I wonder if maybe one of these is, could, could be, could be be my summer dress. I don't know. Totally. Totally. One line that I often circle this time of year is Loop Charmant, which is, it's very much like more my style than yours. It's very sort of flowy. It's very thin fabrics, a lot of strappy stuff going on. It's very nightgown adjacent. My complaint about them and about everybody making dresses right now is nobody's making short dresses. It's very hard to find short dresses. I did actually get one Loop Charmant short dress that I feel great about. Another one similar in vibe is Anak, A-N-A-A-K. Like lots of just like flowy, very summery, easy mm-hmm. dresses, but all long again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably some short ones. They're sort of calf tanny. Yeah. Why are we not doing a bit of a short dress moment? It's, I don't know. These cool ones that you link to are short. I yeah. just, you know, I like to show my legs sometimes. Totally, totally. And, and my legs like to to see the world sometimes. A counterpoint to this. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk about the summer jean. Because sometimes when things are so sticky, and I think mm-hmm. this is also part of why I didn't wear shorts for years and years, mm-hmm. having your legs covered and separated feels best. Mm. Like, I don't want my thighs sticking, sticking to the yes. seat. Yes. I don't want my, like, it used to be the school bus, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't want mm-hmm. my thighs sticking to the school bus. Now it's the subway or whatever. I can feel, I can, I immediately could conjure the feeling of school bus leather against that my, brown the back of my thighs. Pla- yeah, yeah uh-huh. that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's plastic. But <laughs> yeah, it was nice so if you could yeah. call it leather. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. never heard such a high compliment yeah. before. And I don't want my thighs like sticking together, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like all of that. And so just putting a pant on sometimes just feels like, you easier. wear pants a lot more in the, or you wear jeans a lot more in the summer than I do. But I always yes. run hot and I'm always like, I couldn't possibly imagine putting on any more fabric than necessary in the summer. I hate being hot. 
I do. I, you do really hate being hot. Hate you do really, it. really hate being hot. Left but you, me during but you do have a pair of jeans that you've been into recently, which oh maybe gosh. is at least like a some like a summer, an early summer jean, if not like a full summer jean. I love these jeans, and I've been wearing them all the time, and I have been wearing them in the heat because also they have they're thin and they have holes in them. It's the A Gold '90s Crop Mid Rise Loose Fit, and it's specifically, I believe, Nerve is the is the wash that I have it in. Let's let me double. Oh no. Yes. Oh, it's either Nerve or Suspend. It's probably Suspend. What great names either way. <laughs> no, I think it's Nerve. I think it's Nerve. They are great names. It's a really light jean and I got to tell you, I've been really enjoying it. You know why in part too? Because it's it's loose, it's torn. So it feels like a great counterpoint to the really frilly girly tops that are happening right now. Like Yes. The, so it feels like I'm not being so like prairie slash Victorian slash like uber feminine if I can put like a frilly puff sleeve top with a ripped jean, I feel a little better about it. Um, you know what else might be a good answer to this? Because I feel like the answer for me, jean-wise, is that it has to be a little loose or it has mm-hmm. to, like, yeah. and weirdly, like, yes, having holes makes a difference, even yes. though it doesn't feel like it should. I just saw these Jenny Kane trousers mm. that feel oh, extremely your speed. Jenny Kane like- relaxed trousers, and they have, like, you know, two little front pleats and they're wide leg, and yeah. Oh, wow, they these come are in great. ivory these, and black. These look like there was this pair of the row pants that Zoe Kravitz wore that was an oversized white trouser that mm. they were probably about like $1,000 and <laughs> these aren't. Wow, maybe this is, this is a good call. The other pant that is not so dissimilar from this that I've been circling is the Rusha Pala Denim. And it's also like a lightweight wide leg mm. pant. And Rusha mm-hmm. is the line from the woman who owned Totokaya yes. and she started her own line of clothing and it's really cute. And I've heard very good things about the pants. These are the ones that have the drawstring inside the waistband to adjust I've, them. I believe that that is the case. And the yes, sizing yes, is yes, really, yes, yeah. And the yes. sizing is really specific. And I love it because it's like, you can get, it, it, there's like AA or A, BB or B. And part, the distinction between the double letters and the single ones is, are you under 5'4 or are you over 5'4? Which I really appreciate. Yeah, these are these are really good. Yeah, I'm interested in the like this adjustable drawstring waist mm-hmm. thing so that you can make them fit and sit where you want them to yes. on your waist without yes. them like hugging your legs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're unfortunately okay. always sold out in the size that in the color and size that I want. But I, one day I'm gonna get them. One day I'm gonna get <sighs> them. Well, this has been a joy. This has truly been a joy. What a grab bag. What a grab bag. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. 